This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased at this time to be joined by Mike Prasuda of the uh, DVE Morning Show and Steelers Radio Network. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing outstanding, fellas. How you doing? Well, we're doing great. We're better. doing great getting through this. It's now April. Uh, that means the draft is right around the corner. Uh, and once the draft is completed, then maybe we'll see some on-field football-like stuff. You know, I think we're going to see some sooner or later. I don't know if it's going to be the OTA variety or uh, out at uh, beloved St. Vincent College, but it uh, feels like we're in the red zone and headed toward the goal line. We're definitely doing that. I got my second shot yesterday, so I'm cleared, man. Oh, look at you. You guys are you guys are still vermin, but uh, I got one. I'm right around the. You're corner. half a vermin. Half a vermin. Yeah, <laughs> head in the right direction. I don't think Pursuiters left the house in a year and a half. Ago. That's because I'm basically invincible, but I've, I've heard Williamson <laughs> referred to as half a vermin before, so it sounds like everybody's right where they need to be. <laughs> Things are lining up. Mike, we've been doing the, the triple takes on Steelers.com, and those have been a lot of fun and uh, digging in, into this draft. Uh, is there a, anything that you, when we started doing this, started digging into this draft, that you, you went in, did you go into this with any preconceived notions that have been changed. Oh, me never. <laughs> <laughs> but but had there been anything you know watching tape of some of these guys that, that have changed your mind about any positions? Yeah, I, I think I know where you're coming from, Dale. And um, I guess the uh, inside linebacker position is the one. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, when they lost Devin Bush, they weren't good enough there. And even with Devin Bush. Uh, probably still not good enough at the other position. I, I went into the draft prep thinking, well, that's probably something that you just got to work around because, you know, they had to trade up to get Devin Bush and, and invest a lot to do that. And that year there was only two guys. You had to get one of the Devons or the guy you were going to get wasn't good enough. But looking at that position in detail, there's a lot of guys there. And the top guys are really intriguing. I, I was probably uh, 90% sold on offensive tackle back when I started the whole pre-draft process. I still think offensive tackle is more likely than any other position, but, um, you know, it's funny, before you guys called, I was looking at some more Zayvon Collins highlights and thinking, boy, a guy like that next to Devin Bush would uh, be a force for any defense. Yeah, you're 100% right. And, you know, just uh, our linebacker conversation on the triple take, There's you mentioned how there was two Devins that year. Zayvon Collins is really attractive, and there's a lot of really you know interesting guys at that spot. But it's a deep group too. I mean, uh, I would have a hard time knowing when exactly to pull the trigger at that position. Yeah, and the thing that really is starting to fascinate me about him is you could line him up on the edge mm-hmm. on third down, and you know I don't I don't even know if you could do that with Devin Bush, but uh, yeah, there are there are a number of players, but I think. Uh, you look You look at this draft, the Steelers do have a number of needs and there are a number of guys available, and I think it's going to work out last year. Uh, they went into it last year, and I'm thinking they had to get help at wide receiver, edge rusher, and running back. And, you know, the order didn't matter to me as much as checking all those boxes. Now, the way it worked out, 
It looks like they went two for three. We still don't know much about Anthony McFarland, but he certainly didn't do anything to to establish himself as a as a player on the rise at that running back position. And hey, guess what? They need running back again this year. So, you know, how deep is it each position relative to the other? Uh, in what order do you want to take these guys? You of course never want to pass up a guy who you think is, you know, superstar all pro potential because you think, well, we can get a guy that's pretty good at that position around later. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch it all unfold, but uh, I think there's a lot out there that can help the Steelers. Unfortunately, there's probably a lot out there that can help all the other teams too. Yeah, that's one of the, the things, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, when you learn all the, the, the players in this draft and you, you start looking at it, mock drafts and that kind of stuff, you, well, geez, the, the Ravens got that guy and the Bengals got that guy. And, oh, man, <laughs> the Browns got that guy. And yeah. it's like – they always look good to start. Yeah, they're right? all they're all going to get got, you know good players. That's that's how this works. Uh, that inside linebacker position, though, Mike, I I keep looking at it, and I I was not on board. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me this two or three weeks ago, oh, what if the Steelers take a, an inside linebacker in the, in the first round? I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. We often said they could can't it's too much of a luxury can't afford too much yeah but, but now, now it's like okay these guys are pretty damn good I you know. you got two studs that can run in the middle of your defense I mean watch the Super Bowl it goes a long way yeah and I don't know if it's a luxury when you look at how many times they got sizzled you know it, those guys get on the field they throw at them you know what I mean it's I, I think one of the problems the Steelers have had on defense and they've been pretty good on defense but too often to me they get caught in the wrong personnel group and, right. and and they get burned by it and and that puts a lot of pressure you know to be constantly changed it'd be nice to just leave some guys out there and say all right well if they run the ball we're confident we're confident player a is on the field and if they pass the ball we're still confident that player a is on the field yeah. so go ahead and you know run it or throw it and we think we have this covered that'd be i don't think that'd be a luxury that'd be a position of strength that would help you win games you know one thing i've never heard steeler fans complain about is all those times that devin bush got matched up on a wide receiver in the slot and it happens right 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 and he holds his own but it doesn't burn them like it does when it's you know vince Bostick, williams or right, bostick yeah. or someone like that that can't run those, those guys are going to give up catches in those situations because that's what the offense is trying to do. I've said it a hundred times. You know, last year after the Eagles game, when Roethlisberger gets Chase Claypool matched up, he motions him across because he sees that what the what the Eagles are going to do in coverage, and gets Chase Claypool matched up on Philadelphia's inside linebacker and throws a touchdown pass. Nobody ever gives the nobody, nobody gives the Steelers credit for, credit for, for up, making right. that Coaching move. Staff, right. That's what teams do the, now. You know, they they get you in a personnel package that they can take advantage of, and they then they take advantage of it. Yeah, it's a great point, and that's why you know you got to do everything in your power. I think to you know minimize the number of times that that's, that you're going to be susceptible to that. I went back. I don't know what uh, compelled me to do this. Probably because we were uh, you know. We had a scheduled Zoom coming up with Robert Spillane, and I went back and looked at uh, this is maybe the play of the season. It's the playoff game against Cleveland, and the Steelers have fought their way back from that, you know, Grand Canyon-sized hole that they were in. And it's 35-23, and Mike Tomlin opts to punt on fourth and one early in the fourth quarter because he thinks his defense, which has gotten a couple of stops, is going to get them the ball back, and they'll be able to score and make it a one-score game. Well, third and two, 
and the Browns put three tight ends on the field, all right, and then they motion Kareem Hunt wide, so it's an empty set look, and the running back is out on the wing being covered by a cornerback, and they end up with Robert Spillane against Jarvis Landry. And I asked Spillane about that specifically, and he said, hey, that's, that's not a coverage I can't make. It's just a coverage I didn't make in that situation. But if people remember that play, that was about as easy a pitch and catch as you're ever going to have. But Landry left Spillane in the dust. <laughs> Maybe the answer is the guy who covers a little bit better. Nothing against Robert Spillane, but, you know, he wasn't perceived as a starting player entering the league. He wasn't even perceived as a guy who would be in the league. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just too much time in advance of the draft, but I'm, my mind is starting to wander about what things might look like with uh, Devin Bush and, and Zayvon Collins next to each other. I don't even know if Collins lasts that long. I, I certainly wouldn't complain if they took a tackle. My, my kind of first blush at it, when you try to figure out initially, okay, who's going to go where, you know, what guy's going to be left to choose from. I came up with Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, and I do think he's a Steelers kind of guy. I like the idea of a, you know, a bar bouncer tackle, and uh, you know, a guy, a guy who uh, bench presses uh, so many times they don't even bother counting anymore. Um, he, he seems like a Steeler kind of guy, and I think that's certainly a position of need as well. But uh, I don't know that I've seen a lot of guys like Collins again. The ability to wing out and rush off the edge if he feels like it or the defense wants him to and also play that off the ball inside position. It's, it's pretty special. It's pretty cool you brought up that, that, that particular Browns play because Hunt, Landry, and three tight ends on the field back in the day was that's run-heavy personnel. You know, we got to – And, again, it's third the, and two. That's right. a run down. We got to come down and yeah, four, four, four and stop there. the run and – that's not how the world works anymore. I mean, everybody has to run. Everybody needs to cover ground. And Collins is a good answer for those tight ends and Hunt and all those dudes. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. But I got to ask you, a Spartan that I think is in a key stage of his Steeler career in Justin Lane, what's your take on this guy going back to school? My take on him going back to school. No, no, his going back to his Michigan State days, even like we. Oh, was, okay. I didn't know if you. Like yeah, to go back I didn't phrase that so well. That, that would be a first for <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> You're all for it. Man. Well, he just wants to be known as you know a really smart player out of Michigan State. <laughs> They're all smart, yeah. I, you know, Mike, I, I have a curiosity about him, guys, because the way they did it all season, and now I think Justin Lance thought it was a good pick where they got him. He was a, a developmental player. He had played wide receiver as well as quarterback at Michigan State. So, he, you know, he needed to be polished at the position. He had an upside and all the all the other scouting cliches. He's got the body type. They do play hard, uh, hit you in the face defense at Michigan State. He's conditioned that way. All season, if they didn't have Joe Hayden or Steven Nelson available, which came up periodically as, as it will, they would uh, put Lane in outside and then move Cam, Cam Sutton back into his normal inside spot in the dime when they went to the dime. In other words, you know, Sutton would replace the starter, and then at, at sub-package time, Lane was on the field. He played a, a whole bunch of snaps on defense his second year after playing, uh, you know, very few, if any. He didn't play any. Rookie. Yeah. Yeah. But then in the Cleveland playoff game, they went to uh, James Pierre in that role and Lane didn't play any defensive snaps. I don't know if something happened in that, you know, kind of JV game they played at, at the end of the season in Cleveland or if there was an injury we didn't know about. 
Um, haven't had a chance to, to get an answer from anyone as to why they made the personnel switch there. But up until the playoff game against Cleveland, I thought that Lane was a player on the rise and a guy who I think they drafted to be a starter sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, to me, I don't think they, they uh, release Steven Nelson if they didn't think that they had something with one, at least one of those guys, and, and most likely Lane. Like, you don't you don't make that move to get rid of a starting cornerback just because you re-signed Cam Sutton. I mean, for where we sit, I think the lack of watching him in the preseason, more than maybe any player on the roster, I just don't know where he is. You know, I'd love to have seen three preseason games from him, let alone five. Yeah, and I think, you know, Dale, I think your point is both points are well taken, but Pierre was maybe a year behind. If, if you're not, you know, a draft-high, plug-and-play type of guy, they want you to play special teams first and show that you deserve to get on the field for more defensive responsibility, and you kind of ascend that way. And, uh, you know, Pierre, was he even on the roster, Dale, when camp started, or was he an add-on? No, he was there the whole time. Yeah, because okay, if you remember, there were a lot of, uh, in our in our handy-dandy practice notes, a lot of report, huh? yeah, a lot of uh, Chase Claypool catching the ball over James Pierre, <laughs> yeah. a lot of that kind of yeah. stuff. Now he made some plays, and, and that's how he you know earned his spot on the roster. But he was a guy that showed up quite often in the practice report. Yeah, but certainly making the team as an undrafted rookie is is in his favor. And then he was a good special teams player. He played a lot of special team snaps. So yeah, they got a couple of young guys there that you know. There's a lot of uncertainty, but there's a lot of possibility too, right? Right. Yeah, I believe so. Mike, where do you fall on the, the, the running back situation in terms of drafting one? I just, I, um, I'm not going to say, well, they don't pick one in the first round, so they're not going to because, you know, especially in recent seasons, Kevin Colbert has kind of uh, colored outside the lines a little bit with uh, some of the moves that they've made. But I'm still not doing it. Um, I think there's enough of them that uh, you can get one in the second round. One of the guys um, that I've got my eye on is uh, Javante Williams' running mate down at North Carolina, uh, Michael, Michael Carter, Carter yeah. be- because I think um, he reminds me a lot of Giovanni Bernard, who is a guy that uh, I respect and thinks had a pretty good NFL career and might have had a better one somewhere other than Cincinnati. But uh, I'm, as much as I like running the ball and, and you know, watching uh, Williams break tackles and Najee Harris leap guys and, you know, the spectacular runs, uh, Carter, I think, can run the ball, and I think he is also would be a great complement in the passing game. With Juju coming back and Alulu changing his mind, do you think those two positions are off the table, at least for now, for the draft? Is that you just live with what you got? I would. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think I think Juju's a big get. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just for a year, but uh, I think he's a hell of a player. And um, boy, the Alu Alu thing worked out nice because uh, one of the conclusions I think we've all reached in the uh, 631 pre-draft specials. <laughs> There's not a lot of defensive tackles out there. There really uh, isn't. I mean, we just went over Daniel Jeremiah's uh, two-round mock, and he didn't have a defensive tackle going in the first 44 picks this year. I think he only had one going in the top two rounds, the more I think about it, too. I think he had the guy. He had had Owens Arike going later in the second round. So two in the first two rounds. Yeah, wow. So if you want to get one of those, you're going to have to jump early, and that's just going to take you out of getting maybe a really good player at another position. Yeah, it's it's not a great year for the for the big guys on defense, uh, but as you mentioned, a uh, good year for off ball linebackers. 
a uh, good year for, again, wide receivers, which you've seen year after year. Um, are you surprised, Mike, when, when you heard the news that the San Francisco 49ers are moving up to three? And likely for one of those. You'd only make that move if you're going up for a quarterback. Clearly, yeah. Did that, yeah, did, did that surprise you that it happened so early in the process? You know, and I think uh, Jeremiah pointed this out. I, I, all, all the kind of, I don't know if you want to call it intel, but uh, speculation slash suspicion coming out of San Francisco is it's Mac Jones, right? Yeah, right. right. But, but they did that before Mac Jones Pro Day. Correct. Right. His second pro. He actually had two, which is odd. Second, I'm sorry. Yeah. And they did it before Justin Fields' pro day. For sure. Um, right. I kind of thought if you're going to do that, that Lance would be the guy. Because if you're going to keep Garoppolo, Lance is probably not plug and play. At least maybe he's further away than the other guys in that in that quarterback group that everybody's drooling over. So I kind of thought it would be Lance. But it's got to be a quarterback at some point there. Uh, it's just a question of who, right? Yeah, and again, I, I, making that move a month out from the draft, that was kind of yeah. Uh, that, they know you, who they're. You don't usually see that. That not, yeah, right. that shows you that they they have a guy that they have in mind, and that's why they're making that move. It just um, you know it typically really to me the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks, and they know the, th- the first two are gone, and they've made their mind up if it's Lance Fields or Jones. Yeah, and quite frankly, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are saying the Steelers. They got to get a quarterback. A lot of national people, anyways. If you're a Steelers fan, Mike, you want those five quarterbacks going in the first twenty-four, you know, twenty picks or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Hey, and you you want somebody to find two guys we've never heard of that they think are great? Pick them too. Well, yeah. the Seahawks aren't picking ahead of them, so <laughs> the more quarterback gets selected, that just pushes everybody down and uh, gives you more more options, more. More potential for the guy you really like at whatever position you target to be available. So yeah, I don't think the Steelers mess with quarterback this year. I, you know, I think that's a down the road thing, and they've got they saw, I think enough out of Mason Rudolph that they think if you know uh, if something should happen to Ben Roethlisberger, they'll play him and, and still have a shot. And you know, not that I'm beating the Dwayne Haskins drum, but uh, interesting uh, comments from Ron Rivera a month or so ago maybe a little bit sooner than that, on a podcast that he did. And he talked about how it was with him. Uh, the issue with Haskins was never physical. It was all, you know, dedication and preparation. And is, is this guy all in? And, you know, may, maybe you found something there. Maybe. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to be the next guy or he's the successor. But that's a pretty decent role that dice there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you get the guy. Uh, he First of all, he just got a, a pretty big reality check. Oh yeah, you think you know, getting rock getting released right, like right. oh wow hey I, this could this could happen. You have to work a little harder. You got him out of his hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that's always a danger when you when you take a player like that and you bring him back to his you know to his hometown. Well, he's a hometown hero. Yeah, and he's that's also got yeah. five thousand buddies waiting around to, to hang out with him. You know, and, right, yeah. <laughs> so there's Getting a lot of different stuff and, pulling right. you all different ways. And to me, I know, uh, people are saying, well, the Steelers, uh, you know, they, they, they're a good landing spot for Kyle Trask or Jamie Newman or Kellen Mond. I don't want to nah, do nah, they, nah, They've nah. got those guys. They're not better than yeah, Rudolph. Too many, too many other needs, right? I mean, you know, when we get the third, fourth, fifth round, they should be getting a player. A guy that's going to contribute because they do have – they kind of have a strange roster. They got some really good players and they got some big holes, right? So, yeah. 
you know, beat it with numbers across the board would be my theory. And uh, again, Haskins can throw them all through a wall. I don't think he's uh, Pat Mahomes or uh, Josh Allen, you know. I don't know if he's a guy running a read option, but I wouldn't call him mobile for a big guy. And uh, let's see if he gets his head screwed up straight. Maybe he's a player. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that would be a luxury pick this year when you have, again, two pretty high pedigree young quarterbacks on your roster already. Well, the thing people don't think about with picks like that is if you draft a guy in the fourth or fifth round, he's taking snaps away in these short practices now from Rudolph and Haskins. You know, like there's only qu- so many quarterback snaps to go around, yeah. including in the preseason. That's a great point. I, I don't want to spread that out. You know, I want these guys to get everything they possibly can, assuming Haskins shows us something. That's one of the reasons, you know, what if you remember, Mike, when the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph, Landry Jones got virtually no snaps in practice that year. Yeah, right. Because well, we got to get we got to get the kid as many snaps as possible. Same thing with when, when they when they drafted Landry Jones. Well, we got to get this guy ready to play. Remember Tomlin making the joke that Landry Jones had played more preseason snaps than anybody in league history. <laughs> I mean, there's not two days after two days. There's not many snaps to go around anymore. Yeah, and I you know I get the, the national speculation because they're just doing what I do when I'm looking at the 49ers or the you know. Uh, Seattle, you take a quick look at the roster and you say, okay, I've heard of this guy. This guy has, uh, makes no impression on me, so they need help here. And, you, you know, you make a quick uh, assessment and you move on. And it's, you know, it's understandable if people don't think Mason Rudolph is the next Joe Namath. But um, uh, I think the Steelers have seen him for a while now. And, and I thought, uh, based on the way they reacted to how he played again, and he played a pretty good game against the Browns. They were, they were pretty close to. Uh, Pulling that off and getting that to overtime, uh, I'm I'm not personally a fan, but I I think it's still too early to make any kind of uh, hard and fast absolute judgment on him. And again, as we just discussed with Haskins, there is uh, there's intrigue there, if not uh, the likelihood that he's going to end up being a really good quarterback. I think the perfect example of that is Zach Banner, perhaps. You know, like I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, you know, everyone in the nation's like, boy, that's the worst set of tackles in the league. Well, you didn't see this guy at all. I mean, I have hopes that he might be a better left tackle than Villanueva was last year. I'm not saying he's going to be Anthony Munoz, but uh, I'd like the bar to be higher, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, but considering the investment, I mean, no, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I would never turn my eye, my nose up at a tackle. There's no question. Almost any. Year. But I, I think Matt's point was is that a lot of national fly or you know fly by looking at the Steelers roster right don't have the same opinion of Zach Banner that the Steelers have of Zach Banner the guy that you can line yeah, up with uh, Banner and Chooks right now and be okay it could happen yeah yeah could, that could happen um and that Banner's a real question mark to me as well um I, I actually feel like I know a little bit uh more what I can expect of uh a core for than Banner because Banner just you know mm-hmm. One start, right? He did the, you know, he did the uh, number whatever is eligible thing for a while. He's great presence on social media. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a, you know, he's the highest profile guy who's hardly played they've had around here in a long, long time. And he, he is a large human being, and um, you know, he seems uh, committed to the cause. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, that's there's, there's a leap of faith there to a degree, no question. Yeah, our guest uh, has been uh, Mike Pursuta of the DVE Morning Show. 
And, of course, uh, the Steelers Radio Network. You can hear uh, Mike uh, with uh, Matt and myself on the triple takes on Steelers.com. You can also check that out on the on the uh, Steelers uh, YouTube channel, and, and uh, yeah. you can subscribe to that as well as uh, subscribing to this show on uh, anywhere where you get your, uh, your, your podcast downloads. You should probably check those out. Uh, but, Mike, we're going to let you go. We appreciate you stopping by, and we'll talk to you next week when we do yet another uh, edition of the Triple Take. Yeah, I'll be number 632. <laughs> we'll be looking at, looking at these positions for the eighth time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should start expanding, start prepping like the draft 10 years from now. Well, there's a couple kids in Pee Wee that I really like. <laughs> hey, there are people that do that stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, I was in recruiting for a while. Dale, time. when I get to that point, do, do something about it, would you please? I will do so. I will, I will take you out for many drinks. <laughs> I don't think you'll get to that point, Mike. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take take a break here. He is uh, Matt Williams, and I'm Dale Lolly. We want to thank Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air throughout the course of the show. And, of course, we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.